0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Jeff Meyer on May 20th, 2019. Just a heads up, last time we spoke, Jeff was building the mental ninja. And so that's what you'll hear a lot about in this episode, along with a bunch of really great advice and life lessons, especially around neuroplasticity and self talk and how we can better control the way we talk to ourselves and improve our mindsets. So freaking awesome. This stands as one of my top favorite episodes ever recorded and published on Upbeat. Uh, but I wanted to let you know that while Jeff is doing the same kind of thing, you know, helping athletes dominate their sports and reach their highest potential through brain training, he's made some branding pivots and the organization is now called Alpha Flow Athletics. So you can check out more at alphaflowathletics.com. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Jeff Meyer.
1: This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K.
0: Uh, So are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Let's go, baby. (laughs) I'm here in the studio right now with Jeff Meyer. Jeff, thank you very much for being on the show with me. I appreciate it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) To the listeners, this is kind of a cool catch-up opportunity for Jeff and I because he was where I lived when I was born and where I was a little kid. And then I moved away when I was like nine years old. And I mean, we've been friends on Facebook, but we haven't met up since then, I don't believe. So So this is a cool opportunity.
1: <laughs> I remember you and my son um, hip hop dancing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an unknown fact <laughs> yeah. to all the listeners. And I let's to, see if we can spread that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I used to do some dancing. That's awesome. Uh, well, tell me and the the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do.
1: Sure. So uh, I went to school, um, back to school, married and three kids, and I got a, a, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. My bachelor's degree is in social psychological kinesiology and my master's degree is in pedagogy. And I've coached for 30 years on the high school or division 1 division 2 college basketball and then the last 5 years i've just been working with athletes on the mental side of what they do awesome
0: right out the gate kinesiology and Pedagogy, is yeah. Weird? I don't. I've yeah. never even heard of those <laughs> two words.
1: So it's a study of movement. Kinesiology a study of movement in the body. I learned all about muscles and stuff like that. But when I was studying that, one of the elective classes that I could take was a sports psychology class. And when I the first class, I remember walking out of that class and I thought, "This is it. This is what I want to study." That's Pedagogy awesome. is just it's just teaching, basically.
0: Like as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, it was was it always this path?
1: I no, I wanted to be um, Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, it was actually earlier than that. It was actually uh, his name was David Thompson. He played for the Denver Nuggets. But yeah, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. But. If mm-hmm. people could see me, I'm 5'7", so <laughs> I, I played as much as I could, but the NBA probably yeah. wasn't knocking on my door.
0: But did you always know you wanted to go into sports then?
1: So, yeah, I love sports, and I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to coach. Um, I, I had some really great coaches, and I had some terrible coaches, mm-hmm. and I thought, I want to coach. I want to teach kids the way that some of those coaches taught me and then never teach the way. That some of those coaches taught me. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen that in my
0: life. Just growing up, you just Mm -hmm. observe people and what they do good, what they do bad. And then you try to find your own way. That's the best way. You went to school, uh, you got the degree. And then what were like your first uh, jobs, like job opportunities?
1: So I was actually coaching um, high school basketball when I was 22. Mm Mm-hmm. Two years into that, I got a job at University of Northern Colorado as an assistant basketball coach and then um, at Colorado State as an assistant basketball coach. So there and then I coached at five different high schools after that, Um, was able Mm -hmm. to coach my son for four years, that's cool. which was a blessing for me and probably a curse for him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Being the coach's kid, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a tough kid, but I looked at it and I just thought, man, it was such a fun time for me. And Mm -hmm. uh, now that he's older, he, I think he'll agree, you know, it was a fun time. So um, the path has been really crazy. I have started many things and failed at many things. And about five years ago, I started, I worked re- in real estate for 10 years. I worked with one athlete and it was a gymnast and mm-hmm. her, the the coach or the and the owner of the gym saw a big difference in her and said, "What have you been doing?" And I got called in, and, you know, from the from the owner and said, "Hey, I would like you to work with six or seven girls." Long story short, 3 months later I was working with 60 kids. Wow. And uh I came home and my wife said, quit that job and, and figure out a way to do this full time. Good so, to go. <laughs> yeah, she, she is, she's awesome. Yeah, because I love, I I just love what I do. Mm-hmm. I get to work with uh, professional athletes all the way down. I think the youngest, uh, I'm working with somebody who's 11 years old right now. Wow. And it's all on the mindset. You know, we, athletes only think they have a body, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's where they spend 90% of their time, which you have, your body has to be, you know, good, but you know, if your mind and your body aren't working together, it's, it's a struggle.
0: Yeah. Well, when I looked at your website and one thing that really stood out to me was you said, uh, you transform athletes from distracted, fearful, and frustrated to being focused, calm, and powerful through brain training. Brain training is just kind of a, I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, like it's not something you hear very often. So could you break down for us kind of what
1: brain training is? Sure, sure. You know, um well, and I we've talked a little bit. I was just speaking at a conference and that's why I'm here today and I, because we're from mm-hmm. Colorado, but um we build these pathways in our brain, they're neural pathways, and we do that through our self-talk. And so the more we get a message and the more we repeat it, those pathways get stronger and our brain doesn't care what, what we tell it. Yeah. Right. We can say I'm a stupid idiot all day and your brain will repeat it and believe and that and believe it. And you build these neural pathways and the stronger the pathways, those are the ones you follow. So you build these pathways. It's stronger and stronger. So one of the things I do with every athlete is I, I, teach them how to talk to themselves. Um, 40 years ago, you know, we found out that Eastern European athletes had almost full-time self-talk coaches. They just fed their brains with good things mm-hmm. and not stuff that's not believable, but really pointed, you know, good talk, mm-hmm. you know, you. and so for me, you know, I can say I'm going to dunk a basketball all day long, but it's probably going to not happen, <laughs> you know? And so, but so it has to be pointed type stuff, but that's one of the trainings is just to train your thoughts. I teach athletes all the time that if you ever seen the Queens guard, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The, the guys with the big bear hats, Yeah, you know? And uh, they're standing in front of the Queen's Palace. Well, I teach every athlete, you need to be like that. You have to stand guard at the doors of your mind. You can't just let every stupid thought come in because we think a lot of stupid things. You yeah. know? They say we, uh, science behind it says we think sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. And that these programs that we've built in our, in our brain, 77% of it's negative self-defeating, doesn't do us any good. 77% of 60 70,000. Yeah, so you can see how people struggle and I believe that with some people it's much higher. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can find a problem for every solution. You yeah. Know, that type of situation. And so uh with that training. So it it is training, you know, it's uh it's waking up in the morning. So I I've uh, partnered with a companies called the Self Talk Institute and they have self-talk that you can purchase, download, things like that. And so you wake up in the morning and you start feeding your mind, in a in a better way than yeah. turning on and listening to the news or, you know, mm-hmm. don't do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's wake up that's and it.
0: instantly hear all the bad things yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. You know, start
1: <laughs> your day off real great. And then I teach, uh, you know, I teach athletes uh, breathing techniques. I teach them how to meditate. Um, we talk about... How to develop skill in your brain. I mean, that's where skills developed. Mm-hmm. We have myelin in our brain and these neural pathways. And they studied the neural pathways for a long time, but just recently, within the last 20 years, I'd say, um, they started studying this myelin and they found out these really great athletes have a lot more myelin than other people. Interesting. And so, how do you develop that myelin, right? And they're finding out with the more myelin is kind of a fatty tissue, fatty substance that's wrapped around these neurons. You develop that, then your brain speaks to your muscles quicker. (laughs) That's crazy. And so, it's yeah, it's kind of a neat
0: thing. So, recognizing that you can like empower yourself more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and skill is a thing that's it's, it's a, it's relentless to be good. You know about you, the way you beatbox. How many times do you think you're, how many hours have you spent doing that? <laughs> it, it's I have no countless. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> when did you start? When I was nine or 10. So mm-hmm. nine or 10, you're, how old are you now?
0: 26. So 17 years.
1: So, and see, people see on stage and think that's awesome, but they don't see, what you've done to do that. Yeah. I, I I can just see you beatboxing in your car. Mm-hmm. You do it all the time, don't you? Yep. I got in trouble in class a couple times. <laughs>
0: beatboxing throughout hey, school. Show, show
1: those teachers now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: So um how did you come up with, because I saw your talk at this event and then I, I saw that you have a consulting business called mental edge. How
1: did you come up with mental edge and mind ninja mind ninja? So I I've been looking, you know, I'm trying to separate myself from just mental toughness. Okay. There's a lot of guys out there that, you know, teach them and it's important. I, you know, I believe grit and things like that is important, but I'm trying to separate myself a little bit from, from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I work with athletes, it's not just about mental toughness and, I just was one day driving down the street and I thought, how could I, and I just thought mental ninja. That's, that's what (laughs) I want. The athletes that work with me, I want them to be able to perform their very best when their very best is needed. And I think that's what, that's like what a ninja, right? Yeah. You kind of think of that. They're totally in control of like how powerful they are. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so,
1: and so that's, that kind of came to me and that's,
0: be a mental ninja. Yeah, you've got the shirt on right now. That's yeah. a cool shirt.
1: And I just bought the doname name too, so it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna be building the website and be a mental ninja dot <laughs> com. That's sweet. So
0: no, I think it's really catchy. Like I think if you're scrolling through social media and you see something that's be a mental ninja, you're like, okay, that's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Um, so why? I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but why do you think that's so important to get out
1: there? I've worked with high school and collegiate athletes 30 years, really, of my, of my life. The world's tough. I yeah. mean, and especially in our social media world, I mean, people can say things on a keyboard that they would never say in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so developing a skill of training your brain you won't let that stuff in as much. Yeah, you're able to combat it more. Training your brain—it's something every day that you have to, you know. Like I said, you have to stand guard at the doors of your mind, and really think about what you're thinking about. Most people—they put this their day on automatic, and it's—they follow those programs that they've already have in their mind, and they just follow up blindly. Have you ever? Uh, here's an example. When you drive your car, have you ever gotten home and say, how did I get here? (laughs) Yep. That has happened. So that's kind of the way our brain that, you know, just puts it on automatic. And that's kind of the way some, most people live their lives. Wake up, shower, do this, they're off to work. They deal with work. They come home, same routine. I uh, read a study the other day that said 90% of what we think today, we thought yesterday. Well, so it's like you're living your future as your past.
0: That's crazy. But I could totally see that that's true, you know?
1: Yeah. Changing that up, you know, is is really important for you to have a great future. You can't be living the same days. Mm -hmm. It's like Groundhog Day, right? (laughs) Yeah. You can't can't do that. Nothing's going to change.
0: That's true. No, I think that's a really cool message. As far as being... uh, would you refer to yourself as a mind coach or like what would you say your your job is?
1: It's hard, you know, the labels that, you know. Yeah. So I'm not a sports psychologist. I'm a sports psychology consultant. So yeah. I don't have, um, you know, the degrees that I got aren't in specific sports psychology. Yeah. And, you know, I started looking into that when I was younger and I found out that athletes don't want you to to deal in that stuff. They just yeah. want you, to, they want to know how to get better and that's it. <laughs> yeah, They don't want really getting into their private life. And that's just not something they want to do. With what your position is,
0: what are some like common myths about it that, that people think you are or like stereotypical for what you do, but it's like not really true.
1: I guess the, the better I get at this, you know, I mean, you know, we all, we all start yeah. you know when i started so you know i'm learned now i've worked with athletes for a long time so i've i've learned a lot of things along the way but i think one of the things it's uh parents call me when the the athletes pants are on fire right yeah, is like, like last my minute. kid's freaking out you know i you got to mm-hmm. help them. and i guess the thing that's i mean i i love that that they're calling but it's frustrating because they work with me a certain amount of sessions and then they think it's it's done. You know, and, and I'm trying to teach people, you wouldn't go to the gym once a week and expect to get strong. You, yeah. The only thing that would happen is you'd be sore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a couple a times a week. <laughs> yeah. You true. know? And so trying, and this has been hard. It's been a hard thing to teach people, but it's a daily thing. It has to be a daily thing. Just like, you know. When you when you go to the gym, I mean, we, we eat, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It has to be daily. So, some of the misconceptions is is that I think people I work with them for you know a week or two, and then they think everything's great, and they're and then four months later, you know, there's another call. Hey, you know, we struggle. I'm like, <laughs> I can help, but yeah. you know, it, it's it it needs to be done every day. Certain mm-hmm.
0: things. What, like, hurdles have you personally overcome to get where you're at now?
1: Oh, man. I've, <laughs> there's y- a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's uh, 30 years worth of me trying and failing mm-hmm. in a lot of different things. Um, but is that to be
0: expected? Like, so if if someone wants to pursue, a cert, like, a, a similar path that you're pursuing, like, are a lot of those hurdles... Stuff that they would probably go through too.
1: Oh yeah, and I I think life. I my my father was he he works for a big corporation and did very very well. And one of his uh, actually the CEO of the company flew in from Manhattan, New York, and we lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. Cool. And uh, <laughs> he he just sent my dad and my mom to the Bahamas for two years in a row because my dad had done so well. It was a sales position in a clothing company and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he fixed his dinner and then I remember my dad going in to his office <clears throat> and about 20 late, 20 minutes later telling his boss to get the heck out of his house. Wow. And my mom's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, and his kids were like, what's dad doing? You know? Yeah. And he shut the door and he goes, I'll never work for anybody else ever. He goes, the only boss I'm going to listen to is my wife and the big man upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm yeah. not listening to any, anybody else. And so I've kind of had that spirit. I've kind of had that. Uh, I've worked for a couple different kinds. I worked for a pharmaceutical company for a couple of years. And I was, to me, they, I was just an expensive stock boy, you know, is what it came down to. Yeah. And so... I've always had that kind of spirit, you Mm -hmm. know, trying, and then it's just life, you know, I mean, and you know, if you're really chasing something, man, you, you just gotta, you gotta be willing to look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. You gotta be willing to fail a lot. I always tell my athletes, the best athletes, the ones that are the, at the very top of what they've just failed more than anybody else. And they just keep getting up. Yeah, that's you know? true. And so, yeah, m- my poor wife has been through a lot. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put it that way.
0: Life does happen and, and things get really hard, but that's one thing I've, I want to create my own like income and stuff doing public speaking and podcasting and stuff where I'm in charge of <laughs> everything yeah. that's happening, you know?
1: Yeah. But, you know, and I think too, things will come up. That are hard, you know, and, yeah. and, and it's like how are we, how are we going to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know, each each day, and that's one of the things that I I really enjoy about what I do. I you know, I don't need an alarm clock. I'm 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 excited to wake up for the day, and that's not. A lot of people are not like that. Yeah, no, you it's know? not common. And I hear a lot of people, especially my age. Oh, you know, because <laughs> I I quit a job. I was forty nine. <laughs> Yeah, and there's not a lot of people that do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and start something brand new. Yeah. You know, that's just not, you know, how are we going to do this? What made, yeah. what compelled you to do that? My wife. Okay. I mean, basically, she, <laughs> she, she knew I didn't like the other, you know. Yeah. And she's, I mean, this is what I got my education in. And it's like, you need to find out, a, figure out a way to do this. Yeah. You know, so it was a lot of for, you know, help and, you know, where I'm working with, uh, 350 to 400 athletes a month. That's crazy. You know, That's group, awesome. Group type situations and also one on one. I do one on one coaching and things like that. Um, and then I've I've been uh, a government agency has called me up and said, hey, we want you to train. You know, the, these government employees, just like you would train an athlete. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought that would be something yeah. that I would be, you know, doing.
0: That's true. Well, and like the event today that you were at or and yesterday, um, that wasn't a crowd of athletes, but they all probably st- still could totally benefit from your message.
1: Yeah. You know, I look at your sport, mm-hmm. podcasting, beatboxing, yeah. you know, those are your sports. It's the same. Everybody has their deal. Yeah. And everybody runs up against the struggle and, you know, how do we build those neural pathways so that you can deal with it in a different way, I guess. Yeah.
0: So getting all the athletes and that government agency opportunity and your speaking gigs and stuff, how are you just like to help the listeners too, hopefully, like, how are you getting out there? How are, how are people finding you?
1: It's actually, I haven't. And I haven't, I don't know if I've spent a dime on advertising. Really? Which is crazy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's all been by word of mouth. Word of mouth. The last, so I'm working with the Fort Collins area swim team. Mm-hmm. There's about uh, 120 kids and they're, it's a swim club that I think they're rated number nine in the nation. Wow. Very good swimmers. matter of fact, the first time we met, 48 kids in the room, my first group, and I said... Uh, how many of you in here have won a state championship? And everyone raised their hand. <laughs> and I said, awesome. so I'm <laughs> I'm the only one in the room that hasn't won a state championship. You know, so that's just kind of open do- and then it's just by word of mouth. You yeah. know, I get I get calls from people saying, you know, Timmy's really struggling in this. Is there any way you could help? You know mm-hmm. that kind of situation, and like I said, most of the time their pants are on fire. Their kids are really struggling, yeah. and uh, and I know I can help. I mean, I we I've I've had um, huge success story. I, I worked with a swimmer for a month, and from one meet to the next meet, she dropped 15 seconds on it. Now she's a distance swimmer. Mm-hmm. She dropped 15 seconds on her time and qualified for state as a freshman in high school. Well. Wow just out of them because we don't, we don't understand the importance of the brain. Yeah. You know, most people, if they didn't know any better, they, they it in their arm,
0: you <laughs> know, or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty sweet though. Helping people. And do you find that with every opportunity you take, there's just other
1: opportunities that stem from that one? Oh, totally. So I, I, you know, was here at the, the ignite your champion mm-hmm. conference, and here I am sitting with you. Yeah, true. So you know, I took that, and if I didn't take that, then I'm not sure we'd be. We're still, you know. I mean, I I follow you all the time. Yeah, you know, you know Facebook, and, and with Christian, you know, with my son, you guys being friends, it it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'd be sitting
0: here. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well. When- the reason that question popped in my mind is because that's what I've seen help me. Uh, someone will ask me to beatbox at an event and I'll go and then I'll meet like five other people there that want me to beatbox at their events. <laughs> and so it's like, really, I don't have like a booking manager or anything like outreaching for me. It's just whenever I take something else, another thing pops up. Which hey, is-
1: yeah, you're right. It's so that government agency that, you know, and that was I signed a contract. That was a pretty decent, you know, yeah. you know, my wife was happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh but that happened I was speaking to a high school baseball team mm-hmm. and four or five parents said, "Hey, could we just sit and listen?" And I'm like, "Sure." Well, the guy, one of the guys' fathers in there, was a four-time, he, he is a full-ride athlete and played baseball for four years on a Division One level. Wow. And he came up to me and he said, you taught my 17-year-old son more than I in four years learned. And he goes, I want to talk to you. So down there, I had no idea who he was. Down the road, we met, you know, went to his office and he said, I want you to train our employees just like you train those kids. And it works. And I, yeah, you know, <laughs> your contract, you know, and it was, it was a, and it's a cool thing, you know, because mm-hmm. I think, um, there's a lot of employees out there that are really struggling. I mean, yeah, you know, they, they go to their job hating it and they go home praying that they still have it, which is a, that's not a good
0: place to be living. Yeah. We're, so we're both pretty spiritual, I think, too, but I, I really feel like that's, not what we're here for. <laughs> like if Heavenly Father doesn't want us to come and spend our time on earth being miserable like
1: that. I, I feel the exact same way. And there's way too many people that are doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you could go back to your five-year-old self and give yourself advice, what would you say? So
1: now that I'm older, I love to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My five-year-old self. I, a matter of fact, in fourth grade, my teacher tied me to my chair with a big rope. <laughs> nowadays, they probably couldn't probably couldn't get say, away nowadays, with it. the teacher would be in jail. Yeah, probably. yeah. And then, and then I remember coming home and telling my dad, thinking he was gonna, you know, you know, my teacher tied me in chair. My dad was like, "Good. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you need to learn how to sit." I guess, so the thing that, one of the things I love to learn, and I wish I had that attitude when I was younger. Yeah. I went to school. Now, my master's degree is a little bit different, but the general education courses that I took, I just, I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. You know, I can. I understand, you know, I understand why you're there. And then I started getting into some sports psychology classes and things like that. Then my mind, and now I, you know, I, I, I probably read six to seven books a month. Wow. I just read a study the other day that 70% of college graduates won't read one book this year. Yeah, I'm in that number. (laughs) (laughs) Number
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I need to get better. See, that has been my thing is I just i have never enjoyed reading at all. So get Um, tapes. tapes. Just listen to it when you're driving. Yeah. When I do listen to podcasts... Okay. But not books. I need, I'll need to look into the, the I'll, books. I'll give you some really good ones. Okay. When, good. I, when
1: I'm finished with mine,
0: I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll sign
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who has been your number one inspiration?
1: Wow. I, you know, that's hard to just. We're just one person. Now, yeah. With one person. I had some really cool things. I you do you know who John Wooden is. So he's. That sounds really familiar. But he's a basketball coach. Um mm-hmm. Actually, won uh, eighty-eight games in two. So we had two seasons of which he went undefeated. Coached at UCLA, probably basketball coach was probably the greatest. Mike Sushchevsky is close. I mean, they're they're probably mentioned in the same. Um, but he's won, uh, I think, eleven national championships, which is that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so I had the opportunity to meet him. He had been retired. He, he lived until he was like 90-something years old. 90. I mean, he was, he was a pretty old guy. And I was coaching at a UCLA basketball camp. He walked in and sat right next to me, and he was like my idol. I was like, this guy is, I love. Yeah. He's He he knows what his standards are. He taught in a way that wasn't demeaning to kids, you know, Um was a kind, disciplined, you, Mm -hmm. he actually, the first day of practice would teach you how to tie your shoes. That's how, that's (laughs) how on point he got, you know, it's (laughs) like, no, you're, you're not tying your shoes right, you know? And so I, I had a chance to meet him and he's a big time personality. He's written, I don't know, several books, been everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, I short story. I this was when there was no phones. They yeah. were connected to the wall. Yeah, you know. And he walked in, and I we got done with this little meeting that we're at, and I said, "Hey, Coach Wooden, is there any way I could take a picture with you?" And he goes, "Sure." He goes, "I'll be right here." Well, I ran up to our dorms because I had to get a camera. <laughs> Uh, the ele- both elevators were broken down. We were on the seventeenth floor, so I'm huffing and puffing all the way up, all the way <laughs> down, running and run back to Poly Pavilion, which is a gym. And uh, I noticed that I didn't have any film in my camera, so I had to stop at a like a little campus store. And I luckily had twenty bucks in my pocket, and I grabbed some film, put it in. This is probably thirty minutes later. Yeah, and I thought the conference, the part we we were done, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought he's never gonna be there. And I opened the door, and the gym is dark. And I was like, he's gone. And I focused across the gym underneath an exit sign, and he was sitting there waiting for me. Wow. And I still get, you know, I get a little teary-eyed because I'm like, there's a guy, he could have been doing anything else. Yeah. You know, so that made a big impact on me on how you should treat people. Yeah. You know? That's a way cool So he was one, you know, in my... My my wife is the hardest worker around. So she's, you know, I look at her a lot and think, man, I, I'm not good enough. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I need to be better. Yeah. And so that, you know, and then my my parents as well was my dad and my mom. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Big inspiration. Big inspirations, yeah.
0: That's sweet. Well, thanks for sharing that story too. Mm-hmm. That's a really mm-hmm. cool sure. story. <laughs> sure. So what are some of your biggest accomplishments or like your favorite like speaking engagements or?
1: I judge mine not on the size, but mm-hmm. on what I can do for a person. Yeah. And so now I'm you know, i speaking at some decent places and it's mostly athletics, you know, in, in yeah. that kind of a realm. But my biggest accomplishment is to see the athletes I work with Excel. Do really crazy things. So yeah. work with a wrestler at UNC, and uh, struggling, really struggling this last summer. And then I worked with him three times a week for uh, probably three months before the season started. Still struggling in the season. We were working some things out, and and the Big Twelve tournament came up, mm-hmm. and he he was he was way down to. You know, Mm listing-wise. And uh, he wrestled the number one wrestler in the Big 12 and beat him.
0: Wow. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and when I see stuff like that, that's what my biggest accomplishments are, to see kids do, you know, like that Mm -hmm. girl, um, you know, dropping 15 seconds off of her time as a swimmer and qualifying for state. She was like crazy, you know. Her mom texted me you know, (laughs) you're not going to believe this, you know, and when the parents start out with that, sometimes I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) They do, you know, (laughs) terrible. So that's, that's kind of how I, you know, and I, um, I I love to speak and, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. share the message. I, because I feel it's really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's good having you on the podcast too, because this will get out to some people who, and they need to hear this and just, if, if anything, just a good reminder for them, you know, as they're, yeah. as they're listening throughout their day, is there anything else that you for sure want to get on the podcast?
1: Sure. One other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go around talking to a bunch of, you know, professional coaches and division one coaches, high school coaches. And I asked them one question. I said, how important is the mental game? to athletics, to whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And every coach tells me, I mean, nobody has ever said lower than 80% of of what they, you know, and then I ask them, what, what do you do to train it? And they're not even bringing 2% to the game. Wow. You know? And so I guess my point would be for people to be aware of how important that is and to start training it daily, not, Like we said, you go to the gym once, you don't get strong, you just get sore. Yeah. And that's the same thing. So understanding that, learning how to train your brain, and it it can be in a whole bunch of different ways, reading more, listening more, Mm -hmm. um, just being still, you know. Meditating. In in religion, you know, that's where the great things happen is when we're quiet. Yeah. And so most kids... There's not a lot of quiet, especially <laughs> yeah. with their Dre beats. Yeah. See, I'm hip. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm hip <laughs> to that. I know that stuff, you know. And so, you know, you got your beats on all day. Yeah. There's not a lot of quiet time. And that's not good for your brain. It's it's terrible for your brain. You're actually working your brain out when you sit still. Wow. That's, see, I didn't know that. That's cool. So you you're, you're building these these different pathways in your brain, and they need it. They need some quiet. Yeah. So that's one. Just to tra- learn how to train your brain, and it's a daily thing. Awesome.
0: Well, that's a good message. We sh- can
1: we send it out with some quick
0: fun questions. Sure. Let's see here. Let's go.
1: Is it going to be embarrassing? No. Is it about my wife? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay.
0: Uh, well, and this one's not even, I guess, that fun. Is this fun. for me right here? Yeah. I guess this one is kind of just a quick one, not really okay. like a funny one. But what's the best thing about money and the worst thing about money?
1: We've been in a position where lack is, um, it's not fun when you have when you have kids. Because <laughs> you, yeah. feel, you feel like you're not giving them Opportunities. That's what I would say that you know, lack and not having it. Mm-hmm. Having it. Um guys like me can be handsome. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a lot. If you have a lot.
0: <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, what's your favorite word? Or do you have a favorite?
1: Neuroplasticity. Word?
0: Neuroplasticity.
1: It means you can change your brain. That's awesome. Neuroplasticity.
0: I think I should title the podcast that for this episode. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to. I've been trying to think about that. What am I going to name this this episode? Uh, so
1: it means. I mean, we can rewire our brain. Mm-hmm. We can build new pathways. When I was growing up, it, when you were 18 or 19 years old, and people thought that's, they looked at me and they thought, "Oh man, you're going to really struggle." <laughs> Because they didn't think you could grow your brain, you know, and you can grow your brain until the day you die. And so neuroplasticity, that's what it means. We can get rid of old programs and build new ones. That's awesome. Uh,
0: Favorite TV show? Oh, man. Or do you have Uh, a TV show? Okay,
1: so this this shows you. I have kids, so it's The (laughs) Office if if that was... You know, the office. That's a funny My wife one. it would be uh twenty four seven Hallmark Channel. Yeah, that's my mom. My mom yeah. my mom loves all yeah. the work <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh okay, last one, favorite uh social network platform?
1: Uh Instagram. Instagram? Why is that? It's to me it was the easiest. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's like, hey, I can take a picture and put something down. hmm
0: Yeah, pretty and honestly, right. the going live features and stuff are easier on Instagram. See, too. we
1: went. Oh, here we should have. <laughs> I'm gonna,
0: We're gonna go live on Instagram right now. We're doing it right now.
1: <laughs> See, and I, I at my age, I've learned how to do this stuff.
0: Yeah, which—that's the thing—is I've—I've talked to a lot of people who definitely aren't even at my age. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I
1: could be your father, so that shows you how old I am. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I like that the best. Just mm-hmm. and I don't know for some reason people really started following. You know, I I'm working with a seven-time All-American decathlete. Missed the Olympic trials in 2012. Thought he was totally done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About four months ago, called me up and said. uh... I'm quitting my full-time job, and I'm going to chase the Olympics for one more time at the age of 33. Wow. His name's Chris Helwick. Chris Helwick. Yeah. So you can, if you, if if they find me on Instagram, I'm working with him once a week. And so you'll be able to see that story. Mm-hmm. Um, 2020 Tokyo Olympics is his goal. And a decathlete, he has 10 events that he does in two days. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. yeah it's like the the big and leagues. Yeah. 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 <laughs> see, I always yeah. think it'd be funny. Um, kind, kind of interesting is if they made TV shows where like everyday people tried those things.
1: I thought the same thing. Really? It's like average <laughs> Joe and an Olympic athlete. So yeah. you can see, cause I always look at the, I always look at the Olympics and think I could do, that doesn't look that hard. Yeah. You know, it's like, I could do it. Yeah. And then you get down in real life. And try it. And you're like, ouch, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can see how fast those guys are in the 100 and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just think that with everything, like the way it kind of popped in my head is something I do when I go to conferences and beatbox is I teach volunteers to beatbox on stage. And between five and six and seven of them, they can't do all the things that I do at one time. Oh, yeah. And so it just shows like what, what I do with beatboxing is near impossible for what the average Joe could do. But it's that same way with athletes and with. Entrepreneurs and all kinds of people, like whatever they're experts in, you could make a TV show on an average Joe doing it and it would just
1: be hilarious. We should, we should, we put that together. Let's do that. <laughs> Copyrighted. I, yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that would be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: thanks, Jeff, for being on Upbeat with me. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you. And I know that you, we shared some messages that'll help a lot of people too.
1: So when you end your podcast, do you mm. beatbox off? Sometimes. Oh, you're gonna do it now. Okay. 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 Hold on. I got it. I'm going live one more time. Okay. Sounds
0: good. Is your arm okay? (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jeff, for being on the show. I'll sign out with some uh, quick beatboxing. (laughs) Did you Jeff? On with bitch, on a beep.
1: You are the man. <laughs> this is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.